there standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Orville and Christopher Dean. Alex Philodeau. It takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes! Sally Stegel, 132.67 has won at least the medal. She's 0.24 of beauty. On the ice with the Gimlet. The Gimlet scoping. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. These golden games have their crowning moments. off the podium and olympics podcast coming to you today for not an interview yeah we're sick of talking to those bloody olympians oh look at me i've been to the olympics i'm so good uh we're here to talk about the olympics with two people three people who haven't been to the olympics before hello to all our former olympic guests who have uh given us their time we appreciate it uh but we're here to bring you a looking ahead to beijing 2022 episode now that we're done with the tokyo olympics we're looking ahead to the next olympics which are in beijing the real olympics the winter olympics we did an episode similar to this back in 2017 ahead of pyeongchang so we thought let's do it again because we need a break from interviews and we want to get the gang back together because we miss jared's voice let's be honest we don't care about collins but Anyway, uh, we're excited for this I'll be episode. From, from this point on, I won't say a word, I promise. <laughs> Let me check my checklist here. Bag out everyone. Okay, <laughs> done. Um, my name is Ben. Uh, you can find me at hatemail.com. And uh, I mentioned both our esteemed co-host's name already, but I'll introduce him right now. Joining us from the very wintry destination of Emu Plains in beautiful lockdown New South Wales, it is Jared Lubick. Jared, what day are we on to now of the lockdown? Have you gone insane yet? Um, I think well past the insane point, cabin fever. Um, but yeah, the lovely, lovely plains of Emu, I feel, is perfect. Um, I want to say perfect curling territory if we were to put in a bid. And just quickly, Jared, how many members are in a curling team? Uh, five. Hey, you've learnt in four years. Look at you go, edumacated. Uh, and speaking of edumacated, joining us from the actual winter city of Winnipeg, the future host of the 2038 Winter Olympics, uh, it's Colin Hill. Winnipeg's a host. Colin's not hosting the Winter Olympics. I mean, he <laughs> I could. Host I it. Right in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Hilding, 2038. Uh, welcome, Colin. Uh, always a pleasure to to see your face. Uh, it usually is, um, unless you're Jamie. <laughs> you're just sick of it. Uh, but I'm excited to hear. <laughs> no. Not no, she'll never Instagram. get sick of it. <laughs> God, stop it. We get it. He's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward here to... Um, uh, talking about our looking ahead to 2038 Olympics um, yes, and flip flon. We, we're very, we like to look ahead a lot. Like, you know, all these podcasts, <laughs> oh, let's look ahead to the next Olympics. No, let's look ahead to the 2038 Olympics because we're really on Looking board. ahead I'm- to Tokyo 21, 22. <laughs> <laughs> we're a bit slow. Looking ahead to Atlanta 1996. Um, <laughs> happy 25th anniversary, by the way, to Atlanta 1996. I should say that um, I've started to get my Winter Olympic medals now from the internet, which is good. So I'm today wearing my Pyeongchang gold. And I, I'm actually excited for my Pyeongchang gold because this is the only one I own where they've actually put an event on it. Usually it's just a generic one. This is like an actual Winter gold medal. So I want to say that I am the reigning Olympic champion in Alpine skiing women's downhill so uh 
Um, <laughs> I was very proud of my achievements in the women's downhill back in Wait, Korea. Can, can you just refresh my memory here? Did Australia win a gold in Pyeongchang? No, we did not. You so. are the winner! Yes! The winner of Australia in the Olympics! I think I took Esther's gold away from her. Sorry. No, that was a Super G. <laughs> Wrong one. Sorry. Jeez, I'm forgetting Esther's gold. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going crazy here. But You'll uh, never come on the show now. No, we've lost every single chance. But uh, we're obviously just going to go over some things to do with Beijing, talk about how we're feeling, talk about how Canada's looking, how Australia's looking, how Sudan's looking. I don't know. Sudan. <laughs> Sudan, the country in Africa. Sudan. Okay. What do you think I said? Saddam. Hussein. Yeah. Look how Saddam Hussein's going. He's, See if the graves rotten over yet. I don't know. He's he's trying out for the biathlon for Iraq. He is. The, the, the deadathlon. Um <laughs> too soon to make Saddam Hussein jokes. It's been 18 years. I think we can move on. Um Jared, let's start with you. Uh, the last time I re-listened to our Looking Ahead to Beijing 20, uh, 2018. No, hang on. The Pyeongchang. Thank you. Uh, 2018. Got there eventually. Um, good to see we finally got to listen to that episode. But uh, you, during that episode, sounded not very excited for the Winter Olympics. Jared, you're like, yeah, they're okay. Uh, now that you've covered a whole Winter Olympics and, and you've heard us talk to them, what are your thoughts now ahead of your next Winter Olympics? Are you are you more excited now for for another Winter Games? Yeah, I feel like I'm more on board now. I think you know what's clinched it for me. It's the uh, it's the skateboarding from the Summer Olympics <laughs> <laughs> has made me look forward to this because now we can have some uh, still some young athletes, but professional young athletes who take it seriously and the medals mean something to them. Um, no, yeah, I'm super keen. I think because they're so close together, maybe it's kind of like the Summer Olympic hype is like it almost like it stays on because they're so close. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. I um, I'm with you with the snowboard, uh, the, the skateboarding. It's definitely <laughs> made them more more appealing. I think moving forward, um, Colin, I I posed this to you last time because again, this is this is where. Canada actually can get more excited, but uh, how how are you feeling? A couple of months out now, uh, obviously we're doing this a little bit closer than we did uh, in terms of the last one. But uh, yeah, are you, are you getting the snow boots on? Are you getting the Lululemon ready to go? Seems as they've changed oh, yeah. uh, official suppliers. We'll talk about that at some point. I'm, but uh, you know, I'm excited. Stock up on my Lululemon now. I feel <laughs> like I'm, I'm not a proper Canadian anymore. Um, I mean, I'm always excited for the Winter Olympics more so than the summer, and I have nothing against the Summer Olympics. It's just, uh, I feel like we get, it's weird that we have less sports, but we get more variety, at least in the TV coverage with the Winter Olympics, because it's not nine straight days of one sport. Uh, I'm sure it's even worse over there from what I've heard, but uh, in a way, I, I kind of agree with Jared that, you know, we've had the skateboarding, so it makes me more excited, uh, not for the reason Jared gave, but because we just got through with about five new sports and at least half of them were complete garbage. And I'm kind of excited that our new sports are just more of the same this time around. We don't have to worry about here's this new great sport that's going to end up sucking. And we wasted two hours of our lives watching it. Well, I'm disappointed that ski ballet hasn't officially been uh, put as a, a proper sport uh, this time around. But yeah, absolutely right. I mean, we're, we're doing uh, our next sort of group episode will be a sports episode, one that we've kind of talked about a little bit and kind of obviously we'll discuss that. But this is, as we've talked a lot about on this show, why the Winter Olympics are so great, because we've got, what, 15 sports and there's not a single dud sport at the Winter Olympics, whereas the 58 sports you got at the Summer Games, you know, cut 
12 of them and, and you're kind of golden. But yeah, I mean, this is what's so good about it. There's there's nothing boring about the Winter Olympics. It's exciting. The fact that it's so close to Tokyo, uh, Canada's excited. Canada's coming off the back of a summer games. Australia, we're coming into a Winter Olympics, Jared, on a bit of a drought. We haven't won a gold medal at the Winter Olympics in 12 years. Like this is, this is unheard of for Australia. I mean, we did go, what, like 60 without winning one, but now we're 12 years without winning one. Like we don't know how to do it. So it's, it's all very exciting times right now. And we always said during Tokyo that it was going to be a quick turnaround where we're pumped and we're excited for it. But I like this. I like this kind of six month sort of turnaround. Having said that, you go longer periods without a games. Don't want that. But uh, it, it's kind of it's exciting to kind of uh, think about how uh, we're only a couple of months away, basically, from talking about another Olympics. There, there are new events at Beijing, we should say. There's obviously sort no... Of. Sort of, sort of. But uh, they've basically added seven new events. Not sports, just events in terms of uh, established sports, but new events. And I, if I'm not mistaken, they don't remove sports at the Winter Olympics. This is what I want to talk a lot about in our sports episode. That The problem is with you bringing new events and new sports you've got to lose other events because generally the IOC aren't going to be like, here's 30 new medals. It's kind of like, <laughs> we've only got 300 medals, so lose 30 of them so we can include these 30 others, which is a bit disappointing. But from what I know, I think the Winter Games don't remove sports to increase them, if that makes sense. So the seven new events, and one of these we're very familiar with because we've spoken to, of course, some athletes from this sport, and Australia has a very, very good chance of winning a gold medal in this event. The women's mono Bob, which just sells itself. Uh, mono Bob is just one of these sports that should have been a sport a long time ago. We have the short track mixed team relay. We love the mixed event, so bring in the mixed team relay. We've got the ski jumping mixed team event. The freestyle skiing big air, men and women. So what have we now got? Ski, uh, did we already have big air? Is this Oh, that was snowboard. Snowboard. So now we've got, okay. And just and having listened to our uh, Pyeongchang one, we were all like, "What the hell's Big Air?" It was a great <laughs> event, you know. New Zealand win medals in it, so it's got to be doing something right. Are uh, the aerials mixed team event and the snowboard cross mixed team event? So basically, five mixed team events <laughs> um, and skiing Big Air and Mono Bob. So I'll start with you, Colin. What what stands out for you in the in the new sports that uh, the new events I should say that we're seeing in Beijing? I, I mean, Mono Bob's going to be interesting. You know, we we have a bit of invested interest in that now on the show. Um, you know, the mixed events, I like mixed events. I think the issue I have with it is if they end up staggering it where it's last, if you do follow that sport, are you already going to kind of be burned out on the men's and women's events? So by the time you get to the mixed one, it, it's like we talked about a lot during Tokyo. I've had enough of the swimming now. Let's move on to something else. So I would almost rather they do the mixed events first and then move on to the individual ones after that. We know you don't like the mixed events, Colin. We went over this in I, Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's a difference between the mixed racing events uh, where it was just all strategy and even the commentators like, I'm not entirely sure what I'm watching here, uh, and a mixed team event, you know, like mixed team figure skating, I think is really interesting to watch. Uh, so, but yeah, I think put those first and then put the individual events on after that. And then you don't really have to worry about getting burned out as much. Jared, uh, what stands out for you? And, uh, please also join me in saying that we have always been on board with the mixed events. Yeah, no revisionist history here. The mixed events are great. <laughs> I hope in the, um, I hope in the relays we get men competing against women, 
Um, so you don't know who's ahead until the very end. It makes it much more exciting. Um, obviously looking forward to the mono Bob, even though all I can think of is mono means one and Bob means Bob. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that they're all good um, inclusions. Um, and like you say, it's, I'm glad like the Winter Olympics that we get these like your events, new sports, whatever you want to differentiate, but we're not losing things along the way, which is good. Yeah. You know, I, I was just going to say with that, is this just a matter of they have more breathing room? Because I'm trying to think about when the first Winter Olympics were that expanded to 16 days, because it used to be 16 for the summer, 14 for the winter. Um, That's and a good it, question, it, Colin. It was recent. That. Yeah, it was recent enough that I can remember one of the game. Maybe it was Vancouver. Maybe it was Sochi. Uh, still in the back of my mind thinking, oh, this is only a 14-day thing. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't aware of that. I always just thought the winters were also 16 always. Um, I mean, look, I could find out. Off the top of my head, I would guess maybe, was it Nagano? Because they included two new sports and they hadn't, you know, maybe Lillehammer because I think that was when they first included aerials from memory. So kind of there was expansion of of freestyle skiing in general. So I'm um, possibly in the nineties when they started adding some, some more sports, because I think the thing with the winters is that, you know, we haven't really had a, an addition of a brand new sport since skeleton. Like I'm, I'm not thinking about events, like in terms of a when complete, was skeleton introduced, that was salt lake was the first, um, you know, yeah. You know, so I mean, snowboard it, Nagano and then skeleton curling was Nagano and then freestyle yeah. skiing was Lillehammer. Um, and obviously we've had additional events like it's expanded, but did we have any new sports 2006? No, I can remember 2010, no, 14, eight. No. So like it's been a while in the winter since we've had like a completely brand new sport. So yeah, maybe they can kind of do it. And, and then I guess like, you've got what, like half the medals would you have in the winters? Like, again, we're very highly on the stats here. We do our research, but <laughs> clearly, and I, I like that though, kind of going to the point where they can introduce seven new events and it's not coming at the cost of others. Like, you know, I think they've done it in the past because we, we lost parallel giant slalom, but I think we've got it back now and kind of some of these events that kind of come and go. But um, yeah. I, and I think, Sort of with the mixed ones, just to bag out Colin a bit. I, I don't know. Like, I think, like, I mean, what your point said about, like, the figure... Figure skating, to me, is one that you definitely have as a... Like, that makes sense to have mixed, right? Because, I mean, generally, pairs are mixed, right? You don't have same gender pairs mm -hmm. in, in figure skating. Um, You know, when we had the mixed curling coming in at uh, Pyeongchang, like, that makes sense. Kind of Some of these sports where having men and women compete in the same sport doesn't really affect it, essentially. You know, like, it's, it's no disrespect... Mm -hmm. To, to men and women, but there are certain sports where, you know, you're never going to have the 100-metre sprint, you know, men versus women. It's it's kind of just, it's not going to see it. I'd watch it. Um, not saying it's impossible, but <laughs> just saying that you're not really going to have it. it so Just to confirm, uh, yeah, it was Salt Lake City was the when they expanded to the 16 Oh, really? Days. Wow, okay. Yeah. Interesting. There you go. Jared, did you know that? Jared, you're a, you're a winter expert. You would have known that, wouldn't you? Oh, Absolutely. You, just, you were uh, just sitting there, all the biting, stats. Yep. yeah. You're biting your tongue, going, "Come on, Ben!" Like you know, don't just. Oh, I know everything really when it comes to it. So, um, but I guess other sort of big news things that are that are happening for us. We should we should really touch on the fact that, obviously mentioned, well known fact, Beijing becoming the very first city to host a winter and a summer Olympics, and only 14 years apart. It's actually quite close. I, I think Berlin. 
Or was it Munich? I think it was Berlin, wasn't it? Bid for a Winter Olympics and came close. Maybe it was Munich. It was, it was a German city. Um, <laughs> bid and nearly got it. I think they lost to Pyeongchang or Sochi from memory. But I think it's a, it's it's interesting this has taken so long to kind of have this because there are definitely cities who can do this. Clearly Beijing's got it. But only 14 years after, I mean, Jared, we all remember Beijing. We all remember the Summer Olympics. What a, what a great games they were. I mean, the, the opening ceremony, one of the best opening ceremonies we've ever seen. So gives us hope we might actually get our first good opening ceremony since London. But um, Sochi was okay. Uh, I mean, what what's your thoughts on just Beijing generally a, a, as a city and kind of this history-making moment that we're seeing uh, in a couple of months' time? I think it's exciting. Like you say, to me, it's it feels like it's almost a little bit too soon. Um but I think the fact that I suppose it was a summer and a winter Olympics, it feels obviously very different. Um, but I, yeah, it's, I think it's about time. And I like that now we're getting, this will be a city that's hosted both. We're getting kind of these joint bids. It feels like the whole like process is expanding a bit more and um, it's just making for more exciting events moving forward. I think uh, the only, I mean, obviously not different versions. Obviously, this was two winter games. Innsbruck had the games in 64 and then 76. And again, off the top of my head, I think Innsbruck were sort of a replacement in 76 from memory. I, I, I don't think they were the first choice. I'm not sure. No, it was Lake Placid that got it over. Denver originally got the games, but that got changed out, didn't it? So I, I can't remember what sort of happened there. But uh, yeah, uh, Colin. Uh, your your take on sort of Beijing generally? I, I think it's exciting because when you get a new Olympics or when you get Olympics in a city that hasn't been before, you, you not only get exposed to, uh, you know, the venues, but even just the whole environment. And we're sort of used to seeing Beijing as that summer city now, even though it, it could be a winter city. What's also uh, crazy is just yesterday, I was kind of looking up to see, well, how much new venues did they have to put in for this? Because you would assume anytime Olympics comes in, you got all new venues. I mean, with Rio, it was all new venues. The majority of the venues they have are pre-existing in Beijing for the Winter Olympics. So I don't know if they just were preparing for this for so long uh, that they they figured, okay, one day we're going to get a Winter Olympics. Let's just cut the costs and do it now so we don't have to do it later on. Uh, but I mean, obviously they've been ready for this and have wanted to do it. Uh, I, I think the thing that's going to be most exciting about this is, uh, as you said, the opening ceremonies, because we've seen what Beijing can do and seen what they can do in winter. I mean, put a different spin on it. Let's just hope that, you know, we don't have treadmills or uh, <laughs> <laughs> flies or anything, all of the famous things we're going to remember from Tokyo. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wonder, like there are countries that have done both winter and summer, um, but to get the same city, that's that whole environment thing I was saying. Like we've we've seen the streets of Beijing, we've seen their Olympic Square, and to see it all covered in snow will just be something new and different. Just just quickly before I touch on that and some of the venues, it actually and this will be something that we can talk about when we eventually kind of do our individual episodes on the games in the future or something along those lines. But when summer and winters were in the same year. Olympics were awarded basically to a country in that year. So, for example, if the Olympics were in Lake Placid uh, that February, they would then be in the US later that summer. Like that's kind of how it used to work. You got awarded both in the same year. That that changed obviously a while back. But um, I will correct myself. Innsbruck got the games because Denver, that was the year that Denver got them. So I thought that was when Lake Placid got it. But Denver won the Olympics that year, but they pulled out. They basically had a referendum in Colorado like, nah, we don't want them. So they then gave the Olympics to Whistler in Canada. And then they basically were like, 
nah, we don't want them. So anyway, so Salt Lake City put their hand up and said, we'll host them. And the IC were like, no, America, we don't trust you anymore. So then they basically went to Innsbruck because they oh. had the facilities and uh, they were ready to go. Innsbruck got the sloppy fourths of Denver, <laughs> Whistler, yep. so on, so on. There you go. Thanks, North America, for screwing those ones up. Um, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I think that's that was the big rumour I remember back in 2016 that Rio were just so unprepared that basically Melbourne would have gotten them because it was like Melbourne are ready to go. They could host it in a, in a short notice. But, yeah, the venue thing's an interesting thing you mentioned. Um, obviously, we're going to have the bird's nest back for the opening and closing ceremony, which that's got to be the biggest stadium to ever have a winter opening. So, I mean, what Rogers Centre only is about 40, 50, 60,000 right in Vancouver. So, this is 80,000. Like, I, I don't think they've ever... Because you don't need a massive stadium for the Winter Olympics because you don't have any events in your stadium for an opening and closing mm-hmm. ceremony, right? So, 80,000 for a, a Winter Olympic opening ceremony is going to be pretty special. The the um, the water cube is now, what, the curling cube? Because they're basically where they had the swimming is now going to be curling. And uh, ice hockey is going to be at the indoor stadium uh, and you've got uh, the National Convention Centre is where the uh, international broadcasting system is. So they've, they've got a couple of new venues. They've obviously got to build a massive speed skating oval, new venue. They have to build a new Olympic village because the old one has been repurposed. And I think the thing that a lot of people sort of have questioned about Beijing, though, is that like a lot of winter Olympic cities, you've got kind of your, your indoor cluster, you know, your... your hockey, your curling, your figure skating, they're going to be held indoors and that can be held in the city. But the skiing events, I, and I don't know if this is the furthest they've ever been away from the, the main city. I know obviously Whistler's not exactly Vancouver. It's a couple of hours away. Uh, all cities are like that. Sochi was that, Pyeongchang, they were all kind of separate. But this might be the furthest away. And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong on this one because the, the, the skiing areas are actually kind of nowhere near Beijing. So you've got the, and I'm going to butcher these pronunciations, the Yang Qing Cluster. Uh, which will have alpine skiing, the bobsleigh, the luge and skeleton, and also uh, a separate Olympic village and a media centre for those uh, athletes in the media there. And then, God, help me with this pronunciation, the Zhang Zhikao cluster. That wasn't too bad. Uh, so you're going to have the, the biathlon, the cross country, the ski jumping, the Nordic combined, uh, and the snowboarding. And they're, they're not close. They are not close. China's a very big country. So these are, are very, very separate there. Colin, just, I mean, just on that. Do you, do you like that sort of idea? I mean, this is kind of the direction the ISC wants to look at in the future anyway of spreading them out a little bit more, not necessarily focusing. We're seeing that a bit with the Brisbane bid, of course, kind of the it's more of a southeast Queensland bid, but obviously geography is not spread that differently. But it's kind of this is the way you kind of have to have the Winter Olympics sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, particularly because of the, the skiing. Um, for, for a person who doesn't live in Beijing, it, it really doesn't make a difference. I mean, um when we were watching uh, the the Tokyo Olympics and the, the marathon and the race walk, I don't think any of us were like, oh, Sapporo, that's like, that's not even Tokyo. This isn't fair. But then when you talk, when we talked to a couple of those athletes, the marathon and race walk uh, athletes, they were saying like, yeah, you know, this was like really far away and you weren't even in an Olympic village. So uh, I, I do kind of feel for the athletes who maybe, uh, especially now where they might have to quarantine and all that, they're not really going to be able to be part of, you know, the rest of the athlete experience. Uh, but watching it on TV, I mean, I've been to Vancouver. I know where Whistler is. That didn't even bother me there. Which, uh, Jared, before I get your thoughts, I mean, we should really mention that, uh, of course, famously, the uh, the equestrian for the Melbourne Olympics was held in Sweden, of course. So that's a little bit further away than Melbourne. And uh, the Paris Olympics surfing is going to be held in Tahiti, which, uh, <laughs> you know, as Australians, we can probably go to the surfing and still say we're going to the Paris Olympics. Jared, I mean, 
does it kind of affect you at all, Jared? I mean, kind of any thoughts on how they sort of have to do this sometimes? No, it's an interesting one. It's just interesting how I suppose the host city gets their name and branding over everything and almost feels like there's not any recognition of where else in the country it's held. It's kind of like, yeah, make it the China bit, but I guess it's kind of the same as we just saw in Tokyo, right? We're still seeing Tokyo 2020 when the goddamn things are in 2021. So, you know, what does it really matter? I'm seeing here that the budget, um, $3.9 billion. Yeah, right. Probably be a bit more than that. But uh, one-tenth of the Beijing Summer Olympics, which were at $43 billion. So... Um, pretty pretty crazy to think about that. We still don't if, know if there's going just, to be I, go go, Colin. I just wanted to add with that if if that is the case, I'm not calling them liars, but maybe you're liars. Um, but <laughs> if that China, is the case, Colin, careful. <laughs> <laughs> but does this now open the doors for a lot of other cities being able to host Winter Olympics? Just because this has become the big problem where nobody wants to host the Olympics anymore because of the cost. If China and Beijing can prove, hey, we can do this for a tenth of the cost, I mean, probably not every country is going to do that. Maybe we get a lot more of these uh, host cities repeating in an opposing games. I think Tokyo's opening ceremony opened a lot of doors. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, touche. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, this is the thing, though, that I think Thomas Bach has tried to do a lot. And this is where, you know, things have really changed up with bids haven't they you know we've just seen a city being awarded the olympics 11 years out from an olympic games unheard of uh and we basically don't know any time frame for it so there's even rumors going around that they might award the 2036 olympics before paris who knows but yeah i think with the winter ones i think they've always been open to that because as i said berlin or munich got very very close to it i think stockholm I mean, obviously their venues will be a little bit older because it's been a long time since they had the Olympics. But I think sort of they were looking at that with that as well. But it's also these regional bids that they're sort of really looking at. The World Cup are doing that a lot more now. You're about to see that in 2026 with Canada, USA and Mexico, of course. But um, obviously Milana Cortina is, I guess, technically the first dual city bid, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, Vancouver Whistler. Yeah, I mean, but they, it never was marketed as Vancouver Whistler, was but it? But there you um, go. There you go. The, to, to Jared's point, now we're spreading the credit around. Yeah. Well, like exactly. I know I know when, when the Canada Games were here in Winnipeg, uh, one of the uh, it was weird that the rowing was here in Winnipeg, and but some of the rowing was in Kenora, Ontario, which is a two-hour drive, but a different province. So you feel bad for it. It could have been Winnipeg, Kenora, yeah. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, um, I mean, the Brisbane bid was always – marketed as a southeast queensland bid because having lived in brisbane they get very offended when you say oh gold coast and brisbane are the same place they, they go off at you like people in the gold coast don't care they they like the credibility they're not so trashy then but i mean i lived smack bang between brisbane and the gold coast it was the same time for me to get to the gold coast as it was for me to get to brisbane so it just felt like the same place to me but you don't say that to people and be like, oh, we're not the Gold Coast, we're Brisbane. So, Could, But they're still marketing that as Brisbane 2032, not Southeast Queensland 2032. If if you had won the Hobart bid, could it have potentially been Hobart snug? Would you have yeah, stood well, for that? Hey, very, very much so. It could have been. Um, but in all realistic nature, if, <laughs> if that was a thing, it would be a Tasmania bid. It would probably have to be marketed as Tasmania because... We we can't. I mean, Tas- the whole state of Tasmania is almost like it takes me about the same time to get to Hobart to our next biggest city, Launceston, as it would if you're downtown Sydney to get to Penrith. Uh, you know, and that's just a suburb of Sydney. So uh, that's kind of uh, how it works. Um, I want to talk about uh, just with the sports aspect. We should mention one thing. 
big thing for ice hockey. We we missed out in 2018, sadly. NHL players did not play, so we got kind of ice hockey light. But it's official. We are getting the big guns back. They're, they're coming back. Well, 99%, I was reading before, there are still some terms and conditions. There are chances that they might not go. But on paper, we will have the big stars of the NHL back at the Olympics. Now, Jared, as somebody who I know is obsessed with ice hockey, you can't get enough. Does this excite you? Uh, I mean, I, I know you enjoyed watching the, the ice hockey in Pyeongchang, so it probably didn't make much of a difference to you, but uh, I'm sure if you know the likes of uh, Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, and Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, I'm sure those names get you excited that you're going to see them wearing a Team Canada jersey potentially in a few months' time. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm just, I'm all for the Olympics having the best players in, in whatever sport. Um, and, like, there's obviously the hockey question, and there's like the NBA question always comes up every now and then with the dream team. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, the Olympics should be like the pinnacle of the sport. So I'm all for having the best players being allowed to compete. And the thing that always baffles me with hockey is that you have a world championships every single year. This isn't a sport where they are every two years, every four years, literally every year there is a world championship of ice hockey. Generally NHL players don't play because they're what generally played at the same time as the Stanley Cup final. So you don't get that talent pool that you do get at an Olympics. So this really is the pinnacle of international ice hockey. Don't say that to the Europeans. They'll get offended by that. Oh, no, the world championships are the real thing. So, yeah, because you can put your pro players in. The North Americans don't. Um, but this, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Olympics should be the peak. Do that. Colin, this this was obviously huge news, I'm guessing, for you guys because, uh, I mean, you did all right in Pyeongchang. You still got a bronze without your good players. We won't mention that you lost to Germany. But, hey, the last two times the NHL players were allowed, you won gold. So, yeah. yay, guarantee gold for Canada, surely. Yeah, well, uh, this is interesting because I'm not saying I'm not excited to see the NHL players uh, because we are going to get the best, but... I know before Pyeongchang, maybe it was, you know, okay, let's, let's, you know, put a positive spin on this, but I was kind of excited at the aspect of we're going to get these amateur athletes competing and maybe it would be a little bit more unpredictable and it ended up being unpredictable. Uh, so, you know, I, I would have been okay one way or the other, if they decided they were just going to go with uh, amateur players again and no NHL players, I could have dealt with that. Um, I am surprised though, that uh, it's during COVID that they're okay. The players are saying, no, now we're okay with it. Last time that was too much, but now we're okay with it. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be incredible one way or the other to see all the greatest players in the world competing. And I feel like, uh, unlike with basketball, it is a little bit more up in the air still. I mean, not so much so as if it were the amateurs like we had uh, last time around, but we have enough countries that really have stacked rosters that it's competitive one way or the other. The, the catches are, so the reason why I say 99%, so there is an opt-out clause. So the NHL and the NHL Players Association have basically said that should the COVID situation worse or pose a threat to players, they can pull out. And another one too is if the 2021-2022 NHL season is affected by game cancellation. So essentially if there's enough cancellations and they're building up, they've got to reschedule enough games that they can't have their sort of, what, two, three-week break in February, that the NHL can basically be like, nah, they're our players, you can't have them. So, which I can imagine is shitty for the players because from what I'm reading, the players 
all want to play in the Olympics. It's, it's kind of all comes down to the NHLPA and the NHL. And there were things around like rights of using footage and the Olympics should use NHL logos in their footage and just kind of like all these kind of, you know, little petty things that they're trying to do, which I guess you can understand it from a marketing perspective. But I can't imagine if you're, you know, one of these big name superstars and one thing that I respect about NHL players when they go to the Olympics compared to the NBA players is they always want to go. It's like Sidney Crosby's never going to be like, nah, I've got to promote Space Jam 2 rather than going to the Olympics. I've already won a couple of gold. Screw that. Like, he's on board. He wants to go. And sorry, LeBron James, but if you were that big of a deal, oh, no, not the Olympics. Like, as if I need to go there. So I kind of I kind of respect that. And it seems to be, Colin, that that is... Yeah, winning a Stanley Cup is great, but still, to win an Olympic gold medal for Canada is is almost up there, if not bigger for a lot of players. Probably bigger, yeah. Uh, also, I think that the it being in the middle of the season probably is is the big difference between that and basketball. Whereas the NBA, they're like, we want you guys to come on your vacation to do this. <laughs> whereas uh, with NHL, work, we're going to give you a two to three week break, and you get to go compete for something even bigger. Like, obviously, you're going to get a lot more people jumping at that. What what a shit vacation! Uh, like oh, two weeks at the Olympics. Oh, fuck, you know why? Why uh, would we care about? I mean, that? if it's in all fairness, if it's Tokyo and you're being quarantined and you're playing for nobody, I can kind of get it. If I'm playing at the Olympics, I would play for nobody. Come on, like you know, give give me an opportunity. The thing that it's actually interesting though, they've released the the groups uh, for the Olympics for both the men and the women, and uh, Canada and the US are in both groups together. So, uh, interesting, because according to this, USA only ranked six in the world in the men. So, they're in pool A with Canada. Oh, you've got Germany again, Colin, in your group. Uh-oh. Here you go. It's on. <laughs> and some of those guys from the last Olympics have moved up. So, now they're, they're going to be repeating. Um, yeah, but, but also, you've got, a, you've got the whipping boys. You've got Team China. So, um, <laughs> a couple of double-digit wins going on in that group. And uh, in the women's side of things, uh, yeah, Canada and USA in the group with Finland, Rock, and Switzerland. And then in Group B, you've got Japan, China, and Qualifier 1, Qualifier 2, and Qualifier 3. I'm going for Qualifier 3. I think they're going to have a Might be Australia. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think we're in about Tier 12 of the women's. I think we're in about Tier 2 of the men. So You're, you're, you're in the mix with Trinidad and Tobago. Hey, <laughs> We, we could be up there. Um, you, you never, never know. Um, want to talk, obviously, about Australian and Canadian chances. Canadianese. Um Let's start with Canada first because I feel we'll be here for longer than talking about the Australian ones. Um, who are – you're obviously a moguls man, so you can talk about moguls, but are there, are there some that are already being talked up, like you've got somebody who's a lock, like be it? the men's or the women's ice hockey teams, the moguls, like who's who's right now really out there for Canada that's looking like a lock? And, and are there predictions going on about let's go for more medals than we did in Pyeongchang or anything along those lines? There's no talk at all. <laughs> it's more or less you just go in expecting what do we always meddle in, which is hockey, men's and women's, uh, and moguls. Uh, I, I think with moguls, that's, that's the closest thing to a lock. Uh, I would say on both the men's and women's sides, it, we're basically going to see, unless there's some freak occurrence, a repeat of the same golds from um, uh, the Pyeongchang uh, with uh, France for the women's and Canada for the men's. Mikel Kingsbury, who I, I don't think there, it's even possible to beat the man, uh, last season was the only time he didn't win the Crystal Globe, which is the uh, you know the big trophy for the season. And the only reason he didn't win is because he missed six weeks due to an injury, and they canceled so many events he only competed Excuses. three times. So, so three competitions, and he still, I think, came in second for the season. 
after missing like four others. Uh, so I think that's the closest thing to a lock. Uh, other than that, there's like, it's weird. There's no talk at all about what our hopes are. and with, um, with Tokyo, I feel like there was a lot more, obviously less than there was Australia. We talked about that in our Tokyo preview. Still not a lot here in Canada. I think we're just, we're just so timid. We don't want to predict anything. I kind of want to know. T- tell me where our hopes are right now. Tell me that there's a chance. Curling's really tricky too because uh, I don't think they've decided yet and the, the qualification hasn't happened. And what happened with um, Pyeongchang is that uh, there was sort of an upset going in and the one that we thought, oh, this is our best chance of winning a medal, didn't end up qualifying. And that's just sort of, we talked with a couple of curlers, just one of the freak uh, occurrences that happened with curling. Uh, so it, it's tough to say if we'll even be able to win in curling. I think with the mixed doubles for curling, uh, that's probably the, the best shot we have. But everything's so up in the air. I mean, there's there's no way to call it at this point, except for hockey. We'll win something in hockey. You say you like you wait till Tali and Dean take on Canada in that, and you you watch your back. I'm rooting Canada. for them. You I'm rooting for them backs. there because we can <laughs> you know, still kind of claim we we can pull in Australia. We can still kind of claim. Well, that that's sort of ours. He's yeah, sort of Canadian. Well, <laughs> it it kind of works. Here's a here's a trivia question for you. We did this during Tokyo when we were thinking. What sports have the U.S. never won Olympic medals in? We, we went, I think there was five in summer and like one or two in the winter. What are the two sports, Colin Hilding, that Canada have never won a winter Olympic medal in, ever? Hi, Hello, Casper. Do you have here an to give an answer to this question? Casper, tell us. Hi, Kaz. <laughs> What's your, what sport? Are you, you're trying to grab something off of here. Okay. Yeah, you <laughs> take that cheat. Spider-Man get pop the figure. All right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you go upstairs with those, okay? I want a Spider-Man pop figure. Is that is that All right. What, no, no, you winning? don't need those. <laughs> um, question again. Oh yeah, uh, so I'm going to say Nordic combines one. Correct. That would be one. Uh, the second one, I got no idea. Um, I'm going to guess the snowboard half pipe. Uh, well, it's more of a not an event based. It's more of a the sp- overall sport. So um, I'll throw it open to Jared. Jared, can you give me a sport that you think Canada's never won a Winter Olympic medal in? Um, ski jumping. Ding 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 ding! We have ah. a winner. Ah, uh, yes. I was gonna. I was always gonna give it away there and say think about Nordic combined. You yeah. know, so. We're cursed. We just don't like jumping. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, there you go. But, um, yeah, interesting to see. I, I will, in a moment, I'll, we'll talk about Australia here in a second with Jared, but uh, I, I've got the our good friends over at Grace Note. So we had in the lead up to Tokyo, we've got our virtual medal table here, which I can update you on how they think Canada's going. Uh, obviously, back in Pyeongchang, I'm saying that correctly. Uh, you won 11 gold, 8 silver, 10 bronze, a total of 29, finished third, which was up on your Sochi total. Uh, four more medals, one more gold. So, uh, and of course, famously, won three more medals in total than you won in Vancouver. So, it was your most successful Winter Olympics ever. No pressure for Beijing there, Colin. Jared, uh, here's a trivia question for you. Can you name all the sports Australia have never won Winter Olympic medals in? <laughs> Let's let's flip it around. Name the sports Australia have won Winter Olympic medals in. Can you remember that? So many, so many to pick from. Uh, well, we've, we've done all right in the aerials, you know, yep. the moguls, uh, yep. speed skating. Yep. Short track. Being Short specific track, on yes. That. yes. Um, <laughs> the half pipe is a good well that we like to go to. Yep. Um, the uh, what's what's that one called where they race the snowboard cross? 
It's <laughs> that one where they race. <laughs> so, okay, so snowboarding, we've won medals in short track speed skating, freestyle skiing, and the one we always forget, alpine skiing. Dear old Zali, of course, won us a... So we've got four <laughs> that we've won medals in. So, yay, go Australia. <laughs> Don't know how our chances are in Nordic combined this time around, but... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll cross our fingers. But, I mean, Jared, it's it's a little bit more difficult for us as Australians because, again, we don't know who half these athletes are until two minutes before the Olympics. But, uh, obviously, um, you know, we've had it, we've been lucky enough to have a couple on the show. Uh, we've got uh, – we, we do have her on the show very, very soon. The big one I think we're all looking at is Greta Small, our uh, aerial reigning world champion. Uh, not Greta Small, sorry. Greta Small's our, our, our alpine skier. Look at me go here. Laura Peel. Is, look, I don't even know who they are. See, look at me what I'm talking about. This is what who we are know. you? <laughs> Greta Small's our alpine skier. She's going to be there. But, and we're also going to interview with her coming up, Laura Peel is our world champion in, in aerial skiing, Crystal Globe winner, has done very, very well uh, recently in that. We're also going to look at the likes of Jared Hughes, Maddie Graham, Scotty James, like big names, Britt Cox. Jakara Bill- Anthony. Jakara Anthony, um, Bell Brockhoff, they're all up there. Uh, the day of recording this, Brennan Kerry and Kalani Kalani Crane both uh, achieved uh, quota spots for Australia for figure skating. So we're going to have at least two figure skaters going. Bree Walker. Bree Walker. We're, yes, Ash Werner, of course. Sarah Blizzard, who's going to be another interview that we've got coming up. All our bobsled girls out there. So um, some great names that are out there and some real chances. And I'll get to this virtual medal table in a second because, holy crap, Australia's going to be celebrating in February if this is true. But uh, how, are we, how are you feeling, Jared? Because uh, as I said before, 12 years without a gold. This is this is weird for us to be doing a winter gold drought. Two Olympics in a row without gold. Is is the duck going to be broken? I'm hesitant to say. I feel like the Winter Olympics, there's so many sports are so much less of a lock than the summer. And I feel like the sports that Australia are good at are like the non-lock sports. So to me, like like the moguls and like the aerials, it's you can say somebody's maybe a lock for a medal, but the color is a lot more difficult to lock in. Whereas lots of the summer sports, you can do that. I feel like the winter equivalent is maybe the the long track um, speed skating is somewhere where you could say someone's a lock, but a lot of the other sports you can't. So I think, I think it's possible. I feel like we're a lock for a medal of some color, which is going to jinx it <laughs> in the moguls. Green, 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 <laughs> the green and gold uh, medal. Yeah, it's. And this is the thing I always say with the winters that obviously it's great that we've had success and it always, you know, brings extra attention to the games and more coverage and it's fantastic. But I just always feel that Australia really goes into it with just such high expectations that we come out of them disappointed when we don't win gold. And I just, I think for a country like Australia to come away with one medal at a Winter Olympics is fantastic. I've always told the stories about back in Lillehama and back in Nagano when we win one medal and it was such a big deal. It was so great that we then leave Pyeongchang with two silver and a bronze and oh, we're sad. Like, yeah, I, I guess you go in sort of with favoritism when you've got someone like a Scotty James or a Brit Cox going in there with all this form. But as we, we've come off Tokyo, we know that, you know, form going into Olympics means nothing. Look at Jess Fox, how long it took her to finally get a gold. So... Uh, it would be fantastic to walk away with these medals that they're saying that we're seeing on Gross Note in just a minute. But, I mean, you look outside of the, the whole gold fact, I mean, look at the progression of our Olympic medal tally. 94, one medal. 98, one medal. 2002, two medals. 2006, two medals. And then 2010, 2014, 2018, three medals. 
So we've gone one, one, two, two, three, three, three. So you'd expect four. It's time to get four medals. So <laughs> even if you walk away with four bronze, seriously, that is a, a massive achievement for Australia to win Olympics. And Jared, I just, I just think we should celebrate any colour medal. If we get one, I think it's a great day for Australia. Yeah, we talked about this during Lake Tokyo that it's it's like we downplay a medal if it's if it's not gold and we shouldn't be doing that at the Summer Olympics, let alone at the Winter Olympics. Like this is the time where our medal is great. This is the time where when when the classic lion they made the final is actually great and amazing. So yeah, I hope I f- we'll see. We'll see what the coverage is like. I'm sure they will overhype, but um fingers crossed they can just hold back a little bit. And I think the thing too, which is good about particularly say you talk about Brianna Walker, who is is a solid chance of winning a medal in the women's monobob, a gold, very much a chance. And it's a sport that it will not get any coverage literally until the moment they start because this is something that nobody knows. People in Australia, you know, a large portion would know who Scotty James is, who Jared Hughes are. You know, they would know these names. They would know Britt Cox. They would remember these names from the past. I mean, we, we, we joked a little bit in our last sort of looking ahead to, to the, the late, great Chumpy Pullen, and, but people still would know him. When he, when he died, that made, you know, major news in this country. And he never won an Olympic medal, but he was still a very well-known winter athlete in this country. So, and when Zali Stegel just got elected to parliament, like a lot of that came off the back of, hey, she's a former winter Olympian. So they're known, but I, I don't know if that will help someone like Bree that, you know, this this isn't a, a Campbell situation where you've got all this pressure or Jess Fox, like she basically will get a bit of attention beforehand, a couple of extra interviews, and then boom, if she walks away with a medal, she becomes a bit of a household name. I mean, look at Dale Begg-Smith, the great Dale, there he is. There's our, mark that off the bingo, Dale Begg-Smith, done. So, um, yeah, maybe the, maybe a little bit less pressure, Jared, helps some of these athletes. Yeah, I think so. I just I just don't trust Channel 7. No. <laughs> it's been a while since should. they've had a winter, and it's just, it'll be interesting. Yeah, so they... They haven't had a winter gold since Dale because mm. uh, obviously they had Pyeongchang, didn't win a gold. Uh, no gold in, in 2014, but that was Channel 10. And our last golds that we won were in Vancouver, which Channel 9 had those games. So, um, yeah, you got to go back to Channel 7 is desperate for a winter gold. It's been 16 years for them. Now, I'm looking at this Grace Note virtual medal table. Now, it did okay for Tokyo. I think they overestimated the Dutch a bit. Um Looking here, they've got the Dutch in fifth. Uh, I mean, we know that for, win- for winter, that's plausible. <laughs> Speed skating, as we know, seven gold, nine silver, five bronze. They're all coming from the one sport. But uh, so let's let's go over here. They've got Norway in first. Now, I don't even know if this is possible at a Winter Olympics. They've got them winning 25 gold. Uh, is that is that possible? <laughs> Are there twenty five gold medals handed out in the Winter Olympics? But Jesus. not twenty five total. Twenty five just gold. No. What's their silver prediction? Seven silver, nine bronze for forty one in total. So um, Norway's they've been doing well in the uh, the the four years between Pyeongchang. Uh, we know they're a dominant. I mean, God, they were doing well in Tokyo. So <laughs> look out, world. Norway really is coming. They've got. Um, well, they've got listed here Olympic athletes from Russia, but we know they're going to be rock again, if I'm not mistaken. So six gold, 13 silver, and fifteen second. Third, they have Germany, 12 gold, 12 silver, 7 bronze, 31 totals. Fourth, they have the United States, 11 gold, 6 silver, 7 bronze, 24. The Dutch fifth, they've got Canada at sixth, Colin. Uh, five gold, eight silver, eight bronze for 21 in total. So a bit of a drop-off on the gold count there. 
Six you're losing, apparently, from Pyeongchang. How do you feel about that? Sixth place with 5-8-8. Is that good for you guys? I, I'm happy with it, you know, when you look at the countries that are ahead of us. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say it's it's it, it better be more than five gold because I can probably count five gold just in my head right now. Uh, <laughs> and that doesn't even include all oh, the big surprise events. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll do our medal predictions later on, but I'm going to differ from them slightly. Uh, so for the rest of the top 10, Switzerland in seventh, Austria in eighth, France ninth, Sweden 10. Now, all right, let's scroll down here to the top 20. Jared, I'm just going to ask you flat out, where where do you think, where do you think realistically, if Australia was to be in the top 20, maybe they're not, how do you think we would fare according to Grace Note? If we're in the top 20, I think like a 18. 18. Colin, do you, do you want to hedge a, hedge a guess here at all? I'm going to say 19. All right. Well, just just quickly before I'll, I'll drag this out, the highest place Australia's ever finished at a Winter Olympics was 13th back in Vancouver. That's right. We got 13th at a Winter Olympics. That's, that's a victory in itself. Celebrations on the streets of Sydney. They've got us listed at 16th, but this is having won a total of, he's our magical number of four, four in total, one bronze, zero silver, and three gold. Look at this. They're calling that you're going to win almost as many golds as Canada? Yeah, well, that's that's wow, right. Maybe. Two less now. It, it doesn't give me the full list. I, I'm sure if I dig deeper on this website, they would probably give me the full ones. But the ones here that they've got us, the, the the new events, they've got Australia for gold for women's monobomb. I'm guessing that's for Bree. So that's uh, the projected medal winner in that event is Australian. And I'm guessing maybe they're they're looking at a Brit. They're looking at a Scotty. Maybe I I don't know a Laura. Uh, so uh, potentially there. So, but I mean, God, Jared, I I'd be thrilled with four. I mean, I, I'm saying now, I like, again, happy with one, but if we can crack that three, if we can get to four, like party town across the country, national holiday. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I mean, the gold count sounds a little bit iffy, but that silver count sounds spot on for, for Australia's <laughs> record of silvers at the Olympics. Yeah, which, I mean, we, we went so long without a silver at the winter and now all of a sudden we uh, seem to uh, keep going too crazy with that. I'm just trying to see. I want to see here with Norway. So what did they say? 25 gold, all right? 25 gold is where they're coming at. Now, the most Norway have ever won at a Winter Olympics was 14 back in Pyeongchang (laughs) where they topped the medal tally. Now, they won four gold in Tokyo. So I had the 14 and the four. That's only eight. So they're going to win another bloody seven uh, (laughs) at the same. Now, okay, so if they won, if, if a nation won 25 gold in Tokyo at a Summer Olympics, that would have put them uh, on the gold medal town in fourth. So they would have just, just behind Japan, who won 27 gold. Great Britain won 22. So there's, I, I, I'm actually on board with this. Like, I, I think Grace Note inflated the Dutch for Tokyo. Like, yeah, whatever. But I, I'm down for the Norwegians winning 25 fucking gold medals. Like, what is going on, Colin? You're shaking your head. You, you don't believe it. I don't think, I don't see how that's even possible. Like, it, there must be a typo on there. <laughs> they, they meant to hit a one, because he said, what, 24 overall? 24. Yeah, 25. 25. Yeah, so I'm guessing they meant to hit the 15 and maybe hit the two by accident. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm liking it though. I'm I'm doing liking this how they're going there. They're, I, I'm looking here. They've got a cool little table here of the host nation, the the percentage of medals 
increase from the previous Olympics here. So they're kind of by the looks of things with China. So they're predicting two gold, four silver, two bronze. Uh, so what's that? A total of eight, which back in Pyeongchang, China won nine. So one guy. So they're saying they're going to win less medals than they won back then for the host ones. But they've got the percentages here of um, medals changed. So Canada only got a 25% increase of medals between Calgary and Sarajevo. For Vancouver, they only got an 8% increase of total medals between Turin and Canada. Uh, uh, Vancouver, thank you, Ben. Um, That makes sense. Uh, The biggest one here, France. 350% increase from Albeville to Calgary. They only got two medals in Calgary and nine in Albeville. So uh, pretty impressive there. And 113% for Korea. They got 17 in Pyeongchang and eight back in Sochi. I love statistics like this. So uh, there you go. Because if Brie doesn't win... The gold. Do It'll we get the blame or does Grace Note get the blame? I, I think um, Grace Note. <laughs> well, you did the interview yourself. Of course, shut, you're going to say that. <laughs> uh, according to this, it will be Australia, USA, USA in the women's model. I'm saying, no, fuck this. Gold for Brie, silver for Ash. Done. Both yeah. sleds called Ben. <laughs> boom, boom. Gold. Done. Silver? Like, but, you know, if they're calling the sleds Ben, that's how you know they're not going to win. Hey, this is a problem. You should have told them, name it Colin and Jared, and we have a shot. No, it, it comes down to the fact that the reason why I've never won any medals in my individual, you, you know, events from my interviews is because no one's ever called anything Ben. That's why. Like, you know, it's, it, it comes with the territory. It's, it's, a, it's a dual thing going on there. It's that simple. Let's talk about mascots. Uh, our favourite part uh, now, famously, our last episode when we did this, Boorang Surang. Yep, that happened. Um, we're going to talk about the great as- mascots of Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron. Now, yeah. if you're not you on board the with the names, <laughs> for Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron, isn't that, isn't that song, the do Ron Ron Ron, the do Ron Ron, like the Shui Ron Ron, the Shui Ron, like that's, that's great. So, um, Bing Dwen Dwen is a panda. Of course he is. <laughs> what else would it be? Um, with a suit of ice, heart of gold, and a love of all things winter sports. The panda is ready to share the true spirit of the Olympics with the whole world. Yeah, of course. Of course he is. Uh, it. I don't know if it's a he. It's probably an anamorphic. Uh, they. There we go, Ben. Anthrop- Get it right. Anthropomorphic. Thank you. That one. <laughs> <laughs> That's your kryptonite. That word. <laughs> Boo rang. Um, Shui Ron Ron is an anthropomorphic. <laughs> that word. Um, a Chinese lantern. Here we go. Get the kids involved. Lanterns represent harvest, celebration, warmth, and light. The wishful shape at the top symbolizes auspicious happiness. The continuous pattern of the dove of peace and the temple of heaven symbolize the peaceful friendship and highlights the characteristics of the place where the events are held. The decorative pattern incorporates a traditional Chinese paper cut art. The snow on the face represents the meaning of a fall of seasonal snow. I'm sorry, the marketing department thinks way too hard. It's a fucking lantern. <laughs> like, seriously, it, 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 it looks cool. It's called Shui Ron Ron. The kids will buy it. Like, I mean, no kid's going to be going, Mummy, 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 does this have a fall of seasonal snow giving promise of a fruitful year? Yes, it does, Jimmy. Oh, yeah, I love Shui Ron Ron. Like, <laughs> give a shit. Um, Jared, what, what's your take on Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron? I'm divided. I think Shui Ron Ron is a legend. 
Um, but Bing Dwen Dwen looks dead inside. Um, I I really hate. I think more than anything, I hate the ice suit. Oh, to me, really? it looks like a diving suit or like a space outfit or a hazmat suit. But like, where's the face covering? <laughs> yeah, like, where's no exactly? visor? He's gonna. <laughs> it's just it's not great. Wow, uh, but I mean, come on, you you Huey Ron Ron though, like a, a literal lantern, like this is outside, like. <laughs> So many of these mascots recently have all blended. It's not the opening ceremonies. They're just all the same, right? They're kind of crap. But, like, this, this is something different. Like, I want a Shuey Ron Ron figure. I want a Shuey Ron Ron lantern. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Colin, what's, what's your take on Bing Dwen Dwen? Can we just keep saying Bing Dwen Dwen and Shuey Ron Ron? Like, seriously. I, I like both Dwen Dwen and Ron Ron. Um, <laughs> I I will say they kind of clash together, though. Like, usually you, you have the mascots and you look at them like, ah, I can see a connection here. This clearly was two completely different designers who had no input on the other one. And one looks like it's, I don't know, from a really friendly baby cartoon. The other one looks like it's, uh, well, Shui Ron Ron's someone of a Power Ranger or something. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, they they definitely don't look like they belong together, but I actually don't mind that. And I like the ice suit and I kind of like it for the same reasons Jared's knocking it. I was looking at it thinking it looks like a face sticking out of a diaper. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's memorable. If nothing else is memorable. I'm trying to find. So apparently they were chosen from a design competition. So there were 5,816 designs. 10 were shortlisted. So I'm trying to see if we can find the other 10, um, which I, I can't seem to find. Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say, Panda cliche come on i mean back in bay in the summer olympics we had we have five uh, and one of them was a panda so yeah we had a, a koi a giant panda an olympic flame a tibetan antelope and a swallow good for them and then when nanjing had the youth olympics what did they have then they had a rainflower stone well that sounds boring uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come to Nanjing. Have a stone, everybody. We can throw it at the the evil people who go against the communist empire of China. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I have to say that, you know, when you have... I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't see this being, being Dwen Dwen hate. I like being Dwen Dwen Dwen. I can't even say it right. Being Dwen Dwen, um, <laughs> it, it, it kind of it weirdly looks like a Tic Tac, sort of like a, a, a panda stuck in a Tic Tac. Ah, I see that. You know, like... <laughs> Just pop it and there you go in the in the mouth. But <laughs> sh- <laughs> take two take two big dwindwins and call me in the morning. <laughs> but I like I think again this I'm not trying to be disrespectful if this is just a, a part of the Chinese language. But like I love the fact that you've got to have Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron. It's not just Bing Dwen and Shui Ron. It's Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron. Like I mean, if it was like Sid Sid and Millie Millie and Ollie Ollie, <laughs> like you know, Boorang Boorang and Surang Surang, like you know, it gets a bit catchy, right? Um, you know, easy, easy, that kind of works. Um, but I, I'm on board. I, like, I, I'm saying this now. I, I, I think possibly that Shuey Ron Ron might be my favorite mascot since Izzy. I like Shuey Ron Ron. I was going to ask if Shuey Ron Ron's our favorite of the two, because I think all of us are leaning that way. Yeah. Jared, yeah, a little you, pumpkin head. Li- <laughs> <laughs> He's just cute. Like a little red thing with like a, you know, it's what's that um, on Mario, those, uh, the Goomba things that you used to have to kill, right? Oh, yeah. Mario fans on this show. Yep, cool. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm on board. I'm on board with Bing Dwen Dwen and Shui Ron Ron. I hope that, have we got the Paris ones yet? 
Is it like, I don't know, like a, a little pair of like dust marks from running away? Or is it like a, a frog? Um, I don't know. Like, we're, we're going to have the. Sorry to Hello to all our like French to... listeners. Let's look up and see what our. Uh, a little snail, obviously. <laughs> we like France again. I'm meant to be bagging out Britain. Um, <laughs> again, I'm still trying to think of what, uh, you know, kangaroo for Brisbane, but. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, we haven't we haven't had the medals released yet, which I'm sad. I'm always obviously we're doing a medal rankings episode, but we're yet to have the medals released. Just quickly, the the logo. Um, I, I'm I'm a sucker for design. I like kind of the the logo. I got to say, one of the more memorable ones we've had recently. Uh, we we Pyeongchang's logo was terrible. Uh, the Tokyo one was fine. It was better than the first one that they released that they got you know banned for copyright. But uh, what what do we think of the the Beijing ones? It's kind of like a is it meant to be like a lion or something along those lines? It's kind of fancy looking. Colin, what, what's your take on the Beijing one? I'm Googling it right now. You're Googling uh, it right now. I can hear the typing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Jared. I, I clicked and I looked at, I saw the the, the Paralympic one, but uh, I, there's actually a fun one here that uh, this isn't real, obviously, but somebody just did a logo and put an X through it. I'm like, I don't think that's the right one there. Um <laughs> No, I see it now. I don't know. What's your issue with this, Ben? What's what's your problem? Oh, no, no, I like it. I like it. It's pro- I, I, seriously, it's probably the, the nicest one we've had since Rio. I mean, that's only oh, okay. two Olympics, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's not that it's not that uh, much of a stretch. But Solid font, nice colors in there. Uses all the Olympic the, ring colors. It is the best winter one we've had since Vancouver because, I mean, God, Pyeongchang was a box and Sochi was literally font. So, um, <laughs> Jared, your take on the, the Beijing logo? Uh, it's all right. I mean, a little bit of crayon scribble on a wall is what I'm saying, <laughs> but um, I had they put effort into it. I really don't get how, like, Olympic logos were, like, the, the key, that like, was the, the, the marketing, that, but, like, why are they getting so boring, like, all of a sudden? Like, I just, I don't get it. Like, even the, the Paris one's fine, but it's it's kind of just, I guess, basic. But um, the LA one's trying to be all fancy and, like, street and, like, let's have a different version for a different day of the week. You do you, fucking LA. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm still intrigued to find out what the Brisbane one's going to be. So, okay, I've got the – I wanted to find out what the, the emblem means. So it was designed by artist Lin Chunzen. Uh, it combines traditional and modern elements of Chinese culture as well as featuring embodying the passion and vitality of winter sports. It's inspired by a Chinese character for winter. Uh, it resembles a skater at the top and a skier at the bottom. The flowing ribbon-like motif between the symbolize them symbolizes those countries: rolling mountains, Olympic venue, ski. Okay, it looks good. I don't need to read all this crap. Uh, <laughs> I always lose it. The I, brand. I, I'm definitely seeing the skier and the skater now that you mention it. It's oh. very obvious. Ha- hands down, right? Um, I really want to find out these other mascots that were turned down the pages. This is like, this is annoying me now, really, uh, when it comes down to it. A um, couple of other things before we, we close out. Well, obviously, we, we don't do things like predictions. Though. That's our preview episode. We, we don't get that far ahead. Colin, I touched on it briefly at the beginning. Canada, Team Canada have announced they've officially changed uh, suppliers for their, their costumes, the costumes, the, the uniforms. You've, you've dropped the bay. Bye-bye, Bay. That, that was a long mm-hmm. partnership. I don't know how long for, but uh, you've gone to everybody's favourite freaking activewear. It costs about $500 for a pair of socks. <laughs> Lulu freaking Lemon. Now, uh, iconic Canadian brand. I shouldn't bag it out. It's obviously a homegrown brand that you guys love there, but fucking hell, I, I could barely afford the Bay stuff. I'm going to pay like $300 for a pair of mittens. Thanks, Lulu yeah. Lemon. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, what's funny about this is that Lululemon, it, it's sort of started to become a big thing. I don't know, let's say like five years ago, maybe. 
but at the time, I swear to you, it was marketed just as women's activewear. Uh, so in my mind, maybe because I've never purchased it because it is outrageously priced, uh, I still am assuming that everybody's going to be wearing like women's tights and everything and uh, uh, <laughs> sports jogging bras. I don't know. It's just I, I, it, I, I don't have enough experience with Lululemon now over the last couple of years to, to know what the, the male side of that brand is. It's look, I when I was there, I would always be baffled that there'd always be a freaking lineup to get into Lululemon. You had, I guess, you know, door bitch on the door with a headphone on, basically going, "Yep, we can let two like they, they treat it like it was a freaking nightclub." It's Lululemon. You just described their logo too. I just love that, that your description <laughs> of the door lady is their logo. It's a door bitch, basically, and, <laughs> and not just a woman. A door bitch can be a man. And when I went to Lululemon, they had male door bitches as well. But like, you would go in there, and like, it's very well fancy. It's all done out nicely, and everything, and the music's good, and it's all kind of a bit of a team environment. They've got the wall of all like the the staff members and all that kind of stuff. great. Good on you, Lululemon. But I'm like walking around, I'm going, okay, cool. These these pants look all right. Fucking like two hundred dollars. And, like, I saw the same thing in, like, Walmart a week before for 10 bucks. I'm like, what the hell? And, like, because it's got a thing on it, felt the same, looked the same. And, I mean, clearly I'm very posh with my brands. Um, but uh, good for them. I'm looking forward to Team Canada jackets looking like a basic thing you can buy at it's, Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's going to be very high quality. Uh, yeah, I'm sure of it's going to be comfortable. I mean, it, it also makes sense to partner up with something that makes sense for athletes. You know, they're going to be providing the athlete where that makes sense. Um I'm hoping they have like a, a discount sale. Like I know uh, we, we scooped up a lot of the Bay stuff on the last days of the Olympics. I'm waiting for like, you to post that to me, by the way, Colin. Thanks it's, for it's right by me. Cereal. Yeah, I can see it. Right? Like, yeah, I'm not wearing it, am I? I get it. I get it before Beijing. Who knows? You haven't paid for it yet. Don't worry about it. You haven't asked me to. I'm ready to go, mate. Just fucking tell me when to send the money. I will. <laughs> Uh, today is the day where Jamie put stuff in the mail. I just have to remember to oh, tell her. Oh, Jamie, you were downstairs <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Come on. Casper, come get this box. Um, <laughs> I want my but Gordon Bombay Funko Pop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm excited that they they have quality athlete wear for the athletes. Um, I still am interested to see what their men's apparel will look like. Uh, but uh, no, it's just, it, like... <sighs> It's 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 weird that it's taken this long, but it's interesting you say that uh, you know oh you can get this at Walmart. Like I can't imagine them ever going to something at Walmart. I wonder if this is something where we need it to be something you associate with high quality clothes. Because I know when Mc, a couple of Olympics ago, McDonald's was like a sponsor. I can't remember if it was here or in the states. McDonald's was the Olympic sponsor, and it was just all these endless jokes of McDonald's for the Olympics. I mean, you even got some of that here with like craft dinner, uh, but. <laughs> If you have like cheap clothes that everybody could buy at Walmart, you're going to be like, whoa, we're really giving the best to our athletes, huh? I feel it's going the opposite because the Team USA, uh, their apparel is Ralph Lauren. So, I mean, it's kind of, I feel it's going the complete opposite direction. And we've got ASICs now in Australia. I mean, I, I'm not a massive Adidas fan, but I feel like Adidas is a little bit more affordable than ASICs. And the, the Adidas stuff looks so much better. Like the ASICs stuff's okay, but it's very basic. I kind of like what... You know, bring back Nike. They're my favorite. Um, Jared, I, I, I'm assuming you're aware. There's a Lululemon in Hobart. I did not realize that when I was in the city the other week. So I'm assuming if Lululemon's in Hobart, it's in Sydney. I knew it was in Adelaide, so I knew it was around the place. So are you familiar with Lululemon, Jared? Are you a shopper at Lululemon? I am familiar with. I'm not a shopper. I think my experience and like thoughts of it is similar to Collins. It, like to me, it's like a, it's like a female active wear brand. 
Hmm. So I assume they're branching out, but in my head, it's the same thing. Like everyone's going to rock up in, in leggings to the opening ceremony. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm just... now I'm, I'm excited for our opening closing ceremony outfit now. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering if um, we, we'll get some of the Team Canada merch in Australia. Because, uh, you know, Lululemon might rep it out. Who knows? But otherwise, I'll I'll hit up the team store, Colin, and maybe I'll get them by uh, Milana Cortina, basically, if I get you to buy me anything. Jared, did you get your Penny Lexiac Cheerios? No, oh, it's still waiting. Come on, Colin. It's it's, <laughs> it's not my fault. Blame Canada Post. What did you, what did you send it? Ship mail? Like, God, you cheap Well, they bastard. only give, like, Canada Post gives two options. So, like, with tracking, without tracking. Without tracking, they basically said it could be there in four to six weeks. With tracking, they're like, oh, it'll be there in two weeks, but it'll cost you an extra $80. When I when I did that, when I had to send stuff back when I moved back here, um, it beat me. Like, and I didn't pay for tracking because <laughs> I was cheap. I got here and it was already here. So you should have shipped yourself Canada Post. I should have. Would have didn't want to pay the fucking two weeks quarantine. Uh, probably cost about the same, $3,000 or so. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, Jared, I have no updates on the Australian team where I believe we're still ASICs. Um, and... I, I'm just I'm hopeful that the AOC website will do merch like they did for the summer ones. I really hope they do release the, the individual sports, which I doubt they will because I don't know if they do sort of winter merchandise, but um, I'd buy it no matter what. A um, couple of things as well. Um, I re-listened to our, as I said, our looking ahead to Pyeongchang and a couple of things actually really stood out from that episode that I wanted to, to mention kind of as a, a nostalgia moment here on, on Off the Podium. Um, when we were talking about the mascots that's when colin introduces to the nightmare that was teddy ruxman um which jared have you, have you live that down that one of it eating its circuit board do you remember that <laughs> yeah no never never um the ones that i thought were like i mentioned the the late great chumpy pullen but colin's just numerous names he didn't know who we were talking about the one he kept mentioning was bumpy salinger and um, we did say in that episode, if we ever got Chumpy pulling on the show, we would refer to him as Bumpy Salinger. So I'm sad that I didn't remember that. And when we got Chumpy on, we didn't call him that. But the two that I thought also stood out, and maybe this is mentioned some athletes now on the show for Ford predicting. Um, you were talking up um, one of the Deferla points, the Deferla point sisters, and then you mentioned John Montgomery, and you were like, oh, one of our great, you know, blah blah. John Montgomery went on to become a guest here on off the podium. The one. That stood out for me, though, and I would like to apologise to our guest on the show because I was a bit of a creepy old Ben back then. Uh, we started talking about Jamie Saleh and uh, went into a bit of a perv mode for about 10 minutes and uh, <laughs> I literally in that episode said, and maybe, maybe we'll play a clip of this. I think we should play a clip of this. But this is, I, I basically like, whatever happened to her? So uh, let's 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 hear a clip of what I was basically saying then to kind of go how well we would then go on having a future guest on this show. I nearly found a future wife in Jamie Saleh back in 2002, but um, she... Oh, everybody remembers her, yeah. What's she up to these days, Colin? You're Canadian? I'm sure she's on the news every... Is she, isn't she the Kardashians of Canada, surely, by now? Or... Yeah. Uh, no, I Googled... Quickly Google, Google it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put anything other than her name, but hey, you know, you might as well throw it in Google if you want. I'm uh, actually, I just have actually Googled her. Wow, she posts for FHM. Just uh, bear with me, keep talking. So, as you can see, I didn't even know what happened to her, apparently, and yet we get her on the show, and then we have one of our best well, interviews ever. that's why we get them on the show to answer those type of questions. <laughs> Just like, where is she? Who is she? She's hot. She looks good in FHM. Um, and then the first and only guest that we've ever made cry on the show. So, um, look at that. Look at us go with that. That was one of your favourite interviews, wasn't it, Jared? No, 100%. 
you listen, you're listening to it today. You just you can't you can't get enough. So any Colin want to send out some good vibes so that when we listen to our uh, looking ahead to Milan Cortina episode in 2025, we can say, ah, oh, I'm glad you mentioned Wayne Gretzky because that was a great interview no. we got with him. I- I would say the Deferla Point Sisters, but um, uh, well, we don't want to run into the same problems. Uh, but let's just say the Deferla Point Sisters. Uh, let's add Mikel Kingsbury in there. Let's just add the entire Canadian Moguls skiing team. Done, Jared. Who do you want to? Who do you want to give a shout out to? It's got to be our, our mixed curling team, right? Oh, Talian Dean. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm so freaking. They posted the other day saying that, oh, we lost this event, but we're on to the next. I'm thinking, oh, don't let that be the qualifying one. Don't let us jinx you. Um, but again, I'm blaming Channel 7 because Channel 7 have done filming with them as well. So it's not just us. All right. Channel 7 are pumping their tires as well. Any final thoughts on Beijing? Because uh, we will come back together for our preview basically a couple of days before it. So it's our last chance to get anything off your chest about the Winter Olympics. The real Olympics are close. Jared, anything where you're pumped up, get excited for the, the Winter Olympics. Come on. Excited for Shui Ron Ron. I yes. hope Shui Ron Ron is prominent. I want to Shui see little Shui Ron, Ron Ron's lighten up the um the ski jump all the way down these little lanterns. Shui Ron Ron, Ron <laughs> oh, lighten yeah. the way. They they better have um like to give them the little mascots right like on on the podium. So I want them to give out like Shui Ron Ron. We should say is the Paralympics mascot. So we're going to be focusing a lot more on the Paralympics. But yeah, give me give me some little Bing Dwen Dwens. Maybe we can like you know message Bree and be like, hey, when you win the gold, can we have your Bing Dwen Dwen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like she wouldn't want that, would she? Like she gets Excuse the gold. Me? What did you just say? <laughs> Just out of context message. Hey, Ash Werner, how are you? Can I have your big Dwen Dwen? <laughs> Restraining order to Ben Waterworth. Uh, wow, that would be quick. Colin, anything you want to get off your chest? Uh, not, not, not to end on a negative note. I'm hoping it's not a negative note, but, uh, you know, we were so close with Tokyo to having fans in attendance and all that. And, I mean, things just went south within the last couple of weeks. I'm really hopeful that uh, everything, because not only are we going to lose NHL players if things go poorly, but uh, uh, we probably lose hockey altogether if it happens as uh, close to the games as did with Tokyo. But we're this close to having fans. Like, let's 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 stay positive that we're going to have fans in the stands, that uh, we're going to have big turnout, that there's not going to be any positive cases and athletes having to drop out and all that. Unless it's for I want my cowbells. I want my cowbells back for the winters. Come on, we've got to have cowbells. We'll we'll have an annual or annual daily cowbell. <laughs> more more cowbell uh, more. <laughs> every single day. Um, but we're looking forward to it. Obviously, we're going to do the commentary again. I know everybody loved it, and just want to say today, just to date this episode. I'm not going to say who it's with because this episode won't air for quite some time. But the guest that I interviewed today for a future episode off the podium was from a sport that we did commentary of. And I mentioned during that interview that we did commentary and she wanted to see it. So I sent it to her. Haven't gotten feedback from it yet, but our our one feedback we got from Max, he loved it. He wanted to send it to the International Fencing Federation. So, hey, if this commentary goes well, it could go to the international sporting body of that sport and uh, we could be on the plane in Paris. Fingers crossed. You never, never know. Um, Now, obviously, we've got a bunch of great interviews that are airing. And as you would have seen us announce recently, we're, we're dropping an interview, an episode basically every two days now. We've got so many coming your way. 
And uh, just as a bit of a teaser, I will say in terms of our winter guests, I obviously mentioned Greta Small, Laura Pill, they're coming up. And I also mentioned Sarah Blizzard, another great bobsled interview that we've got there as well. But outside of sort of some of those athletes as well, uh, Colin, you were you joined me for a couple of them as well. Uh, we've got a couple of figure skaters coming up, some sledge hockey players as well, a player, I guess, um, you know, just one there as well. But um, Eric Radford coming yeah. up. Great Canadian figure skater as well. Uh, and our sledge hockey player, Jack Wallace from the US as well. You were on board for that one uh, in that interview as Superman. well. So, Superman, exactly. Literally Superman. I mean, gosh, if you, if you want to see a good looking rooster, check out him. Uh, and Jamie probably has looked in by now and she's on the way to uh, <laughs> leaving you once again. Uh, Henry Cavill Jr. So, um, plenty of great interviews. And uh, between those, we've got a great summer interviews as well. And our next one that we're all going to be joining together next month. The sports episode. Now, Jared, we tease this. Every day in Tokyo, I feel like, we're going to talk about this in our sport. We're going to talk about the sports episode. Are you, are you prepping your notes? Are you ready to kind of defend your beloved dressage and then go up against the, the hatred of, of Skateboard Street? 100%. I'm ready for the rants. I'm ready to tear some sports apart. I'm ready to build some up, and I'm ready to just complain about everything pretty much. Colin, are you, are you on the same page? Yes. I don't know what the question was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should we run, Ron? That was what the did question. I just, what did I just do, did I agree the sport, with? Here? So the sport, we're going to do an episode just on sports, talking all things to do with sports at the Olympics. What should be there, shouldn't be there. Oh, yeah. Rep, rep charge, some, all those kind of fun things. <laughs> yeah. I've got some great ideas for sports of the future. So uh, let's, uh, let's preview that. Is it break ski curling? Uh, just kind <laughs> yeah, of, absolutely. <laughs> a, is it the shooey run run dance? The shooey run run off? <laughs> just everybody do the shooey run run, the shooey run run, the shooey run. Um, great song that song. Um, but stay tuned. Plenty of stuff to come off the podium. We're very very busy, and we know you're loving the content. And if you're not, well, you should be because it's bloody good. Uh, but Jared, always good to have you. I miss you, Jared. I miss talking to you. Can you come on more often, please? Oh, you know it, but not for athlete interviews because I can't can't jinx my perfect record. True. Yes, you need to stay uh, completely <laughs> neutral. And you are the Switzerland of the hosts on the show. And Colin, yeah, I talk to you more, but uh, it's always good to talk to you about the Olympics. You're a busy man. Tonight it's Olympics. Tomorrow it's James Bond. The next day you might get to sleep. But uh, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, as always. Thank you. And to me, you. You're both welcome that I was here too. Uh, everybody, tune in. Nobody said episodes. anything, Ben. <laughs> Social media, off the podium, subscribe and all those great channels and everything else in between. But until we next speak again, my name is uh, Shui Ron Ron Bing Dwen Dwen and good night.